From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we are getting together for a bonus episode to preview the Guardians 2022 AL Wildcard Series. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo, are here. Fellas, are we ready to turn the final page of the regular season and get some wild, wild card action started. Yes, sir. I am ready. I'm ready. Bring it on. More than ready. All right, let's do it. Guards closed out the season today, finishing 92-70 and 70 after taking two of their final three games from the Kansas City Royals. Fellas, how about a one-word hot take on those last three games of the season? One word. I always come up with two words every time you ask me this question. <laughs> every time. Every time I was going to say never been punished. Yeah, I've got a three word. Keep it rolling. That's three. Can we hyphenate all, right. all three that, words? Yeah, Keep it we rolling, absolutely man. can. It's, I it's like all it. of, it's the energy. Keep it rolling. I think it's hyphenated, but I'm going to say on brand. All right. I like it. I'm going with Tito. Give credit where credit is due for the manager, keeping that team engaged and playing well through three games that didn't matter so that they stay on brand and can keep it rolling into the wild card round but that's what we're here to talk about so let's get after it with our first ever wild guards previewing the al wild card series between the tampa bay rays and the cleveland guardians scale of one to five one being the last moment before your first high school sports physical five being the moment right after it's done how excited are you for this series uh, it's a great scale of a five, though I really didn't mind the, the physicals all that much as we progressed in age. It didn't bother me. That's interesting. Well, it's, <laughs> that's why it's the first one. Put a the pin first in that. one's let's a bit talk, terrifying. Let's circle back yeah. to that in a later episode. <laughs> I, I'm confused by that scale. I would never. I don't know if I would use the word excitement, but I'll go five. I'm super excited. If that's the high end of it, like I'm excited, absolutely excited. I feel like on that scale, I'd be more relieved in that situation. But you know, excited is good. It's so terrifying when you're first waiting to like go behind the curtain and then once it's done, yeah, maybe relieved would be better. I don't know. I think I was pretty excited that maybe, it was over maybe we had a, I we had a different doctor. For a year. <laughs> yeah. No, I, we all had Dr. Kellis, I think oh, God. anyway, I'm a five as well. Let's start talking about some of the actual stuff that's going to be going on on the field. Tell me which one of these Tampa Bay Ray stats you love the best. And get ready, Chucky. It's numbers all night long. Oh, no. I'm sorry. (laughs) Which of these stats do you like the best? First one, Tampa Bay is 35 and 44 in road games this season. Next one, Tampa Bay's best hitter with at least 400 at-bats this season was Harold Ramirez. He hit 303. Remember that guy? Yeah. Next one, Tampa Bay is only 28 and 37 when playing on grass this year. Last one, Tampa Bay had twice as many balks, four, as the Guardians did this season. <laughs> Which is your favorite Tampa Bay stat heading into this series? I'm going to go. It's a toss-up between the first and the third one because both of those play into our favor. I'll say the first one because their their road record is is not good. And all three, if necessary, if all three of these games are played, are, are in Cleveland. So I'll take our chances. Yeah, I, I like the first one best because they've – They've been on the road for the last nine games, and here's three more if they need them. Uh, so if you're telling me they they not that they stink on the road, but they don't have a great record, that's my favorite stat. Though the box could come into play. <laughs> yeah, get us into scoring position. <laughs> yeah, I liked the the road record as well. I mean, they're nine games under 
on the road. That's that's a pretty significant thing. And I'm I'm hoping that the Jake is going to be rocking this weekend. I'm pretty sure they've gotten all three games sold out now. I think that's going to be a tough place for Tampa Bay to play. And so I think the fact that they don't have a lot of success on the road is my favorite stat. Let's go to the other side. Which Guardian stat do you love the best? First one, Oscar Gonzalez has 107 hits in 91 games this season. Next one, guards are fourth in the American League in hitting while playing on grass. Next one, in the last month, the guards have the second highest team batting average in the AL. Last one, in the last month, the guards pitching staff has the second lowest ERA in the American League. What's your favorite guard stat heading into the series? I think it's the last one because once you hit the postseason, obviously rotations get a little tighter. Pitchers pitch a little more than normal, go a little deeper than they normally would. And these guys have been lights out since the All-Star break, even some of them a little bit before that. So that's my favorite stat, uh, that the pitching has been fantastic and hopefully it carries over. Yeah, I like the last two, so I'll just take the offensive stat, I guess. I, I think the last two are good because they're team, they're team stats, and it, it shows you where this team's been for the last month of this season, just kind of hitting on both sides there with the pitching and the offense. So I'll, I'll go with the the batting average. Uh, th- this is a team that somehow they, they pull off four and five run innings without the benefit of the long ball more and more, you know, they, they're just, they just string hits together. And that's the kind of inning that I think in a playoff game, because everything gets tighter, right? Like everything gets so magnified that if the guardians can continue that and they string together those kind of timely hits in an inning, and there's a four run inning and the pitcher didn't even give up a long ball to give up four runs. It's one of those things that just crushes the soul of the other team. And then to Chuck's point, if our pitchers are doing what you said they've been doing, then I like our chances there. So those two things are, those are my favorite stats by far. I wonder where we'll end up at the end of the weekend on the crush their soul scales, whether it will be at the Minnesota (laughs) twins crush their soul scales or the Chicago white Sox crush their soul soul scales. I'm actually going to go with Oscar Gonzalez having 107 hits in 91 games, because when we started this season, that corner outfield, both corners actually were, were such question marks. And out of nowhere, two guys, Quan and, and Gonzalez come in and have these great years. And somehow I felt like Gonzalez was, was somewhat even more unexpected than Quan. You mm-hmm. kind of thought like, gosh, here's this big, tall dude needs to learn to kind of control his body when he's hitting at this level. And there's no way he's going to be able to figure it out this year. And he did 107 hits in only 91 games is a ton. Uh, that That's a fantastic stat. So that guy really helps solidify the outfield for us and, and give them another bat that they can rely on to put together one of those innings that, that you're talking about, Phil. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about some bets on the series. You are either going to be going with the GURB or going against the GURB. <laughs> so first one. The number of games going into extra innings this weekend over under is 0.5. I'm taking the over. I'm going to go with the GERB because hey. in the in the series we just played with Tampa Bay, two of the three went to extras. So yeah. chances are one of these three will go to extras. I'm kind of <laughs> expecting a rain out, a doubleheader, and a bunch of extra inning games before before Saturday's done even. Yeah, aren't they expecting... Rain, Rain in Cleveland yeah. on Friday for the start yeah. of that game. So it might get pushed to, to prime time anyway. Doubleheader on Saturday. 
extra yeah. innings. Yeah. Yep. No <laughs> ghost runner. It's going to be great. <laughs> There's no ghost runner in the playoffs. Pretty sure they go back to standard. Oh, wow. Pretty sure. I could be wrong there. I did not have time to consult with the stat department before I got on, but I think in the playoffs, they go back to just straight yeah. up extra innings. Yeah. Good thing yeah. Shaw cleared waivers then, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pick him, up, pick him up right in the middle of a game. Like, hey, get over here. He's already to- there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um, over under 0.5 extra inning games this weekend. Are you going with the GERB or against the GERB? I'm going with the GERB. Like Phil said, last three games were decided by uh, – all three of them were decided by one run. In the series, they played 10 games. The Guardian scored 22. The Rays scored 18. They're going to be a close game, so that seems like easy money. Next one, J-Ram total home runs this weekend. Over under is 1.5. I'm going with the under. You going with the GERB or against the GERB? I'm going with the GERB. We just talked about weather. Everybody's I know losing here and money I'm... this weekend. <laughs> yeah. um, I know the weather here. It's supposed to be like low 50s this weekend, too, so... Uh, you know, ball doesn't travel that far in cold weather and everything gets a lot tighter. Not a lot of mistakes are made. So I think it's under for sure. I am going with the Gerb again. Not that he won't be hitting the ball, but I, I don't get the feel that he's on one of those home run streaks. He might knock one out of the yard this weekend, but that's it. Two for two, man. I'm getting really good at this. All right. Total Stephen Kwan hits for the series over under four and a half. I'm going over. You going with the GERB or against the GERB? Man, you, you know, just just to be different, I guess, instead of just answering the same way every time, I'm going to predicate my answer on that. We win this series in two games, so I'm going to go under. And that was how I kind of set the number was, well, wait a minute, what if this only goes two games? Yeah. Like, is that that's a lot of hit for two games, maybe not for three. So, okay, yeah. yep. while that's a possibility, so you're you're going under. What about you, Chuck? Uh, you went over, right? I, I did. Under. I'm, I'm going I'm going with the Gerbs only because I learned a valuable lesson to not take for granted a leadoff hitter who plays in the outfield this year doing this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. You stole my heart. I feel like I'm going to need a moment. I'm going to need a moment. Take all the time you need, Phil. I'm good. Let's continue. I don't need it. All right. All right. Last one. Total strikeouts for Shane Bieber in game one of the series over under is six and a half. I'm going under. Going with the Gerb or against the Gerb? That's a David Line man. Um, shit. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go over. I think he can get to seven. He's been pitching really well. He's been getting strikeouts in his last starts. Gosh, he's been pretty the whole much great. Half, he's yeah, been he's been great. Outstanding. Yeah. I'm going to take that over because you can't really sit on six and a half and ask for a push. <laughs> can't get half a strikeout. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, strike somebody out and they get to first base on a drop ball or something like that. Does that yeah. count as half? I'm not sure. Yeah. So you you took the under Gerbs? Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the Gerbs again. I think I think he gets over. Yeah, seven or eight strikeouts. I'm looking forward to Friday. Friday. Well, there you go. Good mix. I can't wait to see how these turn out. I think it's going to be interesting because so much does depend on whether the series goes two games or three. So many more opportunities if they have to get that game in on Sunday, but we'll see. Let's move on and talk some of these starting pitching matchups. So far, I think only game one has been announced for both teams. The Guardians rotation is set. We know what that's going to be, but Tampa Bay, we're not so sure. So after game one, I've kind of made my decision who I think they will start 
based on how they pitched over the last week and a half or so. Friday's game, Shane Bieber for the Guardians, 13-8 and eight this season, 2.88 ERA. For the Rays, Shane McClanahan, 12-8, and eight, 2.54 ERA. On Saturday, the Guardians know that Tristan McKenzie's pitching, 11-11, and 11, 296 ERA. I would suspect that Drew Rasmussen will pitch for the Rays. He was 11-7 and seven this year with a 2.84 ERA. If they get to Sunday, the guards are set. Quantrill's going to pitch. He's 15-5 and five with a 3.38 ERA. And we've almost gotten to the point where we're bringing on bad luck by mentioning how many times he has won consecutively at home. He hasn't lost a home game since like 2015, like when he was pitching in high school. The Rays have some options here. They've got this Jeffrey Springs guy. Uh, rookie Tyler Glass now. He's only had two starts, but he's pretty filthy. Or there's a chance they start Kluber in that game, uh, 10 and 10 with a 4.34 ERA. So they've got some options. If you're the Rays heading into that Sunday matchup series at that point, obviously tied 1 1. Are you going with your kind of established guy, this Springs guy who was 9 and 5 this year? your rookie with absolutely sick stuff, or are you going with the veteran who obviously knows how to pitch in Cleveland, Corey Kluber? What do you think, Phil? Assuming all three of those guys are available for that game on Sunday, just the way you set it up, I think they might start with Glass now. I, he had a few starts when he came back from injury and they lengthened him a little bit. And it might be, you know how that is, in, in, a, in an elimination game, all hands on deck. So they might look all at him and say, All three of those oh, guys might yeah, pitch. Yeah. Right, exactly right. <laughs> Exactly right. Where they look at glass now, and just like we we watch McKenzie pitch, you know when he's on. And when he's on, you're like, all right, let that guy roll. And if he's not on, then you make that switch to one of the more proven guys. As a Guardians fan, you know, bring on playoff Corey, Corey Kluber. Let, let's hit that guy. He'll be leaving, he'll be leaving fastballs over the plate for every inning he he pitches. So I'm ready for Oh, that. that's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's sure the is. truth. It's the truth. <laughs> I'm not talking like 2016 Corey Kluber, but 2018 Corey Kluber. I get it. Let's remember him fondly. <laughs> I, uh, do. Chuck, what I, do you think? I do. Which one of those guys would you put on the field if you were the Rays manager on Sunday? I think it's basically the blueprint for Major League. Like you're talking about young, filthy, nasty, but Ricky Vaughn didn't start that game. Crafty veteran Ed Harris did. Uh, <laughs> so I see Kluber, Kluber actually getting that start. And his Vagisil. Yep. <laughs> Bardall. <laughs> Bardall. <laughs> all right well that's an interesting take i think they probably go with the springs guy i think it's his normal day in the rotation based on the way they pitched in the last week or so and i hadn't thought about the fact that yeah it's a playoff game so all of these guys might pitch an inning and a half if that's what they need to do to to get through the game overall these are two really good staffs who has the edge in the starting pitching matchups for this series Ooh. I think it, uh, obviously I've seen more of the Guardians starting pitching this season. Uh, you didn't make me the Rays, you know, like consult or the Rays correspondent for the podcast. Maybe next year. Maybe, yeah. But uh, I, I'm a homer, man. Like I think, I think this pitching staff has been so great. It took them a while to 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 show up and do what we thought they were going to do early in the season. But at this point, I'm hoping they're just like a well-oiled machine, man, and they mow down like they've been doing. So I will tip it towards the Guardians. Was the question to compare the, the starting rotation or the entire pitching staff? 
Just the starting rotation. Okay, so starting rotation. I think I think we're looking at two teams that are really, really close, really even here yeah. in terms of what their starters have done for the length of the season and and the kind of starters they they have on their squad. I'll give the edge to the Guardians. A little bit of homerism on my end too, but I'll give the edge because you know what they they get to play all three of these games at home. If I had to pick one of the two, then maybe they get a little bit of energy from that sold out stadium, and you know they they the starters feed off of that a bit. I don't even feel like a homer saying that it's the Guardians. I mean, I get that it's close. I get that this is two really good starting rotations going against each other. But our guys have been lights out in the second half. And they kept it going this week. They all pitched well uh, in their last start leading into this series. And they're at home. I mean, you, you, you wrap all that stuff together. Plus, we're better on grass than they are. <laughs> I, I think you put all that together and I think you give the edge to our starters although it's close enough that I don't know that the starting pitching is going to be what ends up deciding this series uh, because it is so evenly matched let's move to the defense I'm going to give you guys what I think is the ideal lineup and I'd like to know if you guys agree or disagree with it but I think based on the, what they've been doing the last month or so, I think this is what Tito is going to roll out. It's going to be Quan Straw and Gonzalez from left to right in the outfield, Jose at third, Ahmed Rosario at short, Jimenez at second. I think it's going to be Owen Miller at first, Hedges behind the plate, and Naylor as the DH. Yeah, that sounds right. I guess the the only other option is you would pull Naylor into first and then – your DH would be would be who you, you know you've got exactly. one of these young, young yeah. corner outfielders right so you're going to DH one of those guys so yeah I could see it going that way just because Owen Miller has the experience I, I think it does kind of highlight our, our one hole going into next year and I know I'm getting way ahead of us but you know, we, have a, yeah. we need a legitimate first base <laughs> let's, let's worry about the playoffs first yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah I could see them going the way you laid it out if if not then it's it, Naylor moves into that first base position and DH is probably one of these other young corner outfielders that makes the playoff roster, be it a, a, a Brennan or a, you know, a Benson, one of those two. I think you're right, especially for game one, because their starter for game one's lefty, right? So is that important? It is because Naylor doesn't hit lefties really well. Um, and it's not like he's been lighting the world on fire since the all-star break. I know he had a, a pretty good week this week, but you need that bat in your lineup, but I still think you're right. I think it's Miller at first base. He is a left-handed pitcher. That is confirmed. I mean, you're not taking Naylor out of the no. lineup, though. I mean, that's even if he doesn't hit that well against lefties. And I guess it's just the thought of Owen Miller being in the starting lineup for a playoff series does not fill me with joy and excitement. <laughs> you know, even I, after I, a sixth I, home run this week? Yeah, yeah man. I don't think Naylor's that much of an upgrade at first either. I think that's why I'd put Miller out there. I think he's slightly better defensively. And I kind of like the idea of Naylor just hitting and not having to worry about, about playing in the field. So I think that's probably, I guess you're right, for game one, that's probably where they will go. They had an interesting lineup today. I think Quan uh, actually dh today, and they got another one of those outfielders in in left field. Which is an interesting thing to do to to kind of give him a day off, but th there's no way you go into a playoff series and you take away 
a potential gold glover in the outfield. So we've talked a little bit of hitting. We've talked a lot of pitching. We've talked some defense. What do you think is going to be the key to winning this series? Because I think on paper, these teams are really, really evenly matched. That same thing that got them to 90 plus wins this year that I, that I didn't expect offensively applying pressure and putting the ball in play and making the defense make plays and keeping the strikeout rate down. They don't strike out that often and strikeouts typically go up in the postseason. And, you know, like this is going to sound so, stringing together hits in the postseason is really hard. And, and that's why most teams rely on the long ball. Well, that doesn't happen for this team. So they kind of just got to keep doing what they're doing offensively and just being really tough outs and getting deep into counts as hitters and having one inning where you're stringing hits together uh, like they typically do. And that's how that's how they win games. That's a really good point. I, I Looking back at the three games we just played against Tampa Bay, all three games were one run games and two of them were extra inning games. So I'm going to lean towards the bullpen. I think our bullpen is the key to this series because I just have a feeling even when we get good starts, you know, and I hope we do because we've got three solid starters towing the rubber in this series, they're, they're going to come out of the game. And just based on even what Chuck just said, the way our offense is built, I just feel like it's going to be a really close game. It's going to be a one run game, a two run game. And we need the bullpen to come out like they've been doing this last couple months of the season and just keep the score right there. Even if we're, if we happen to be on the, the losing side of that one run spread at the moment, because you got to keep it there because this offense can have that inning where they, all right, let's, let's get a couple runs across the board. So that's the key for me. It's almost like our offense doesn't try until like the sixth inning. <laughs> it's like, it's just terrible. And then you're like, you're like, I'm going to keep watching the game because I know in the sixth or the seventh, they're going to string together some hits and you know, they're going to get their runs. I really think it's the strikeouts. I mean, I think if you can look at one thing that separates these two teams, the Guardians have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball, and Tampa Bay's isn't very good. It's a team that strikes out more than us. Uh, and if you have the pitchers we have and they're on and they're striking those dudes out, man, if it's going to be a one or two run game, uh, strikeouts kill rallies. So even if they get some people on base, if you can strike them out, I think that will be uh, a big factor. As long as the Guardians can continue to do what they have throughout the season and put the bat on the ball and, and not strike out and not end rallies that way. So I think that may be one of, one of the keys. So let's get to it. Series predictions. What do you think is going to happen this weekend in the wildcard series? I think it's going to go three games just so Sunday can be like the heart attack of all heart attacks of, <laughs> of Sunday in Cleveland sports, right? It's just going to be just a stressful day. So I think it's going to go three games, but I think the guardians are going to come out and win the series two to one. I think the guardians are built to win this series against this opponent, uh, especially since it's not like the rays have been all that great and they're not scoring a whole lot of runs. It's been like one run or fewer in their last 10 uh, that plays really well to the Guardians' strength, at least from a pitching standpoint. And again, if they need to score two or three runs to win games, that, that'll probably win these games. So uh, I think they win the series. I don't know. I hope it doesn't go three games because I can't take a Browns game into a Guardians game, man, uh, and just be sweaty all Sunday. So, um, but, but you know, like the, the, the season series tells me it's probably going three games, but the Guardians will win it. 
I think this is going to be a really tough series. I think they're very evenly matched, as we've said. The playoffs are just a different animal. You can't discount the potential impact on a team that started 17 rookies this year. The Guardians are really, really young. The playoffs are going to be crazy. A lot of the guys in this team have never played in that stadium when it's packed with people. Uh, and that's going to be something that they've got to overcome this weekend. I think they can do it. I think the veteran leaders are there for them. I think Tito has the pulse of this team and, and has them ready to go. He had a great quote this week that he said that he was finally ready to unleash the team. That makes me really excited. Uh, it makes me feel sad for Kevin Stefanski because no one's ever going to like him as much as <laughs> like Tito. But I, I'm, I'm going to say guards in three as well. But fingers crossed that Sunday's game three starts with like 15 runs in the bottom of the first. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so yeah. we're not sweating it out. We're just celebrating the whole way. But shocking on From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast that all three of us picked the Guardians to win this series. <laughs> I guess I'm not that surprised. But, boys, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning this all started on April 7th with a 3-1 to loss to the Royals. With that reminder that the intervening 181 days were a lot of fun, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Let's get back together and do this again after the guards win the series. Absolutely. Go Guards. So I know there, baseball is that sport where like the momentum into the postseason doesn't matter, but they keep rolling on the bottom of ESPN2 that Tampa Bay is two and nine in their last 11 games. They just lost five in a row. Yeah. And it's and like the Guardians of twenty six, yeah, and yeah. the Guardians have yeah. won eighteen of twenty six and had the second highest winning percentage in the last month of the season in all of baseball. <laughs> okay, I think it's bullshit to say that that doesn't matter. I, I think that shit does matter, man. But I guess what I mean by that is like baseball is a sport that the, the momentum is all about the the starter, the starting pitcher for that next game, right? Like if if these aces come out there and it's it's they're both on all right, it's going to be a two-to-one game or a three-to-two game, and that can go either way. It's not like they're <laughs> – that's what happens. That's what happens. I don't, and, and, but I, I like don't, our chances. I think, I think it matters, yeah. man. I think if it's all about being hot at the right time. And, and, you know, this kind of this weird notion that maybe Tampa Bay was okay losing these games because they, they would have rather played – the Guardians and then who like the Blue Jays? Is that who they would have yeah, ended right. up playing? Yeah. That's ridiculous, um, right? Like, yeah. But it, it was, was good it we was lost to the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't even the one saying it this time. It, yeah. It's not good yeah. to be backing into the playoffs in any sport. Right. That's my take. And Fuck I, those guys. I, I guess what I'm Guards saying is that one. Guards I, and I, one. That's how bad it's going to be for Well, it, it's going to be winning one. It's, it's going to be a double header on Saturday, and it's going to be one day sweep. <laughs> now according to espn's ticker albert pujols is retiring with 703 home runs no. really oh, 
he he's on. making an he's making an enormous mistake. Yeah. 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 Why even make that back. call right now? Just see how you feel in the offseason. Yeah. Play a little yeah. bit next year. Yeah. yeah. You know, hit 12 home runs, call it a, call it a career, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You might do that by the break. Yeah. Take the second yeah. half of the season off and, and still hit more home runs than Babe Ruth. Ah, there's there's no way. Gotta come yeah. back. Unless he announced know. the beginning of the year that he was retiring this year and is Cabrera he's happy. retiring? Is Miggy retiring? I don't think so. <laughs> that poor that poor franchise. Yeah. It's <laughs> of like 45 million next year. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's something like that. <laughs> now now you've piqued my curiosity. Oh man. They need to give him like a Bobby Bonilla deal. Like, listen. <laughs> We will pay you for the rest of your life, but it's only yeah. two million dollars a year. Go somewhere else so we can start signing some other people. But man, uh, yeah. oh my god! See, he is—he's signed through twenty twenty-five. Oh, oh, oh. thirty-two million next year, thirty oh. the year after that, and thirty the year after that. They still owe him ninety-two million dollars. Dollars. Ninety-two million dollars. Oh what they owe him still? What have they already paid him? Jesus. Mm. I mean, think about that. They owe that guy $92 million and the guardians just signed J Ram to an extension for one, one, what, <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. yeah, you know, that was an eight year, $248 million contract that he signed <sighs> in 16. Wow. Eight, eight years, $248 million contract. How old am I going to be in 2025? I'm going to be 50 yet. No, 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 no. We'll only be only, 48, right? Yeah, three years from it's now. Not, yeah. It's only three years. Sounds 48, but, like but way Mig, Miggy will also be 48. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?